we're talking about wisdom, faith, and finances again. Um, I really want to deal with our, our mindset this morning, our, our hearts. You know, having a prosperous, godly mind and a generous heart. If you don't have a generous, generous heart, you're not thinking about prosperity correctly. And, you know, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we've studied it verse by verse before, what you see that's going to happen in the last of the last days is selfishness. It's like everything you read in there is, is greed, covetousness. It's the, the I am generation. They are. <laughs> it's all about the I. The iPhone, the iPad, the I, the I, the I. Everything's about I. And so... The church is supposed to have a totally different attitude. It's about him. And him loves people. And I'm not saying you're supposed to give to every beggar and to every con. You are to love them. I'm not saying you're supposed to empty out your wallet every time somebody asks you for money. I believe God can give us wisdom and, and show us where to sow. And we'll look, about, we'll look at that as we go. The prosperous Christian is not driven. The world is driven. They're driven to get more. They're, they're never satisfied. You can read it in 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 3. They're driven for more, more, more. The godly-minded Christian is not driven. We're led. We're led. He'll, he'll show us how to prosper. Remember we read that one two weeks ago. It's him who gives us the ability to gain wealth so that his covenant can be established, so that we can be a good witness to others. Go with me to Genesis 26, and let's get started. And we're going to skip around with some verses here. Genesis 26. I'm reading out the Amplified if you're on a device. Verse 1, and there was a famine in the land. You know, we're hearing a whole lot right now about inflation. I don't even know what that means other than everything costs more. Everything's inflated. Inflation. There was famine in the land other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac, remember Isaac's Abraham's son, Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. And, and I, I love this because the situation, the circumstances was famine. And God said, I have another land for you to live in. I have another place for you to live in. So I really want us to judge our economic thinking. What are we talking about? What's our mindset on the economy? Because, Jamie, my economy is not based on the world's economy. And that's why God's ministering to Isaac here. Yes, there's famine where you live, but I don't want you to go to Egypt. I don't want you to do what your dad did, not that what, not that what, Moses, what Abraham did was wrong. I want you to do what I tell you to do. And y'all, we're in a different situation than the world has ever seen before. So we can't go off former things. We need to be hearing from God. Okay, skip down to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed seed. 
Isaac sowed seed in that land. What land? The one God told him to go to. And received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. He owned flocks and herds and a great supply of servants. And the Philistines envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had closed and filled with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. One person in this, in this land, and they, they're afraid of him because there's so much blessing on him. Verse 18. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, because they had filled in the wells of Abraham, which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the names by which his father called them. Now Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well, a living spring of water. And the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water's ours. And he named the well Esek. Or contention because they quarreled with him. Then his servants dug another well and they quarreled over that one too. So he named it Sitna or enmity. And he moved away from there and dug another well and for that one they did not quarrel. And he named it Rehoboth or room saying for now the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. I want to go back over a little bit of this. It's going to be a little more study today than preachy, all right? I know y'all fired up from Tim Brooks last week. I got to bring you back. There was famine in the land, but not in Isaac. There was famine in the land, but not in Isaac. There's inflation in the land, but not in Susan. There's inflation in the land, but not in Mike. So it doesn't need to be coming out my mouth. Because if it's coming out my mouth, it's in my heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we need to listen to our words. Because if lack and scarcity and fear is coming out of our mouth, then we got to, we got to go in his word, find out about his provision. Look, he doesn't just need us to be prosperous for us. We got people out there that need gas in their gas tank to get to work. And, and sometimes people look at me when we hear, you know, what people make a week, and we're like, how do they do that? How can they make it? They're not. Unless they know the word and the covenant, the covenant they have with God, his provision, they're not. They're hurting. It's a great opportunity for us to show them the love of God. He sowed in a time of famine not just in a time of plenty. You know what fear does? Fear draws you back from sowing. And no, I'm not trying to get you to give in the offering. I'm trying to get you to give where God instructs you to give. He sowed. He was able to sow in a time of famine not just in a time of plenty. Because in God's economic plan, the economic conditions don't affect the principle. It just works. How many of you have prospered miraculously above your ability? That's impressive. 
to God be the glory. That's his word at work in you. That's you doing the God principles the way God thinks and getting the God kind of results over your circumstances and situation. Look, pastors, uh, mainly uh, ministries that don't have churches that travel and whatnot, they'll tell you that during times like this, they're giving, they're receiving. What they receive goes down. Most of them, it goes down. And God has to provide another way. Why? Because people get scared. They start holding on to their seed. What happens when you hold on to your seed? You don't get harvest. So God's economic plan, it doesn't make sense to the world. But I can tell you it works. you got a room full of people, they'll tell you it'll work. God's the Lord of the harvest. Right? So we can't become famine-minded, poverty-minded, inflation-minded, shortage-minded, or good market-minded. If things go crazy good tomorrow... Don't let that be the determining factor. The word of God's the determining factor. I sow in famine. I sow in plenty. I sow. I sow because God taught me to be a giver. So Isaac went to Gerar and God said, don't go to Egypt, but live in the land that I'll tell you of. Live in the atmosphere that I tell you of. You know, there's a scripture in Isaiah 1. It's Isaiah 119. that says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Are you willing and obedient? If you're willing and obedient, then you will eat the good of the land. So Isaac listened and he sowed seed in that land where God instructed. And, you know, I'm about the only person I can give examples of. So I was, I told staff this the other day. Did I tell you all the story about, I told you all the story about me giving a ride to somebody. And, and those of you who weren't here Two different people, God instructed me in the heat. I knew them. Okay, I went and picking up somebody uh, that I didn't know. Um, I picked them up and gave them a ride, and God told me, he said, that's your seed for, for your car because my car needs to be replaced soon. And he said, that's your seed. I, I didn't do it thinking it was a seed, but when God said it, I need to recognize it as seed, right? Recognize it as seed. If you don't recognize it as seed, then you might miss your harvest. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. One man gives freely, yet gains. See, that makes sense to the world. That doesn't, that doesn't make a lick of sense. But one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed or watered. I love this out of uh, the Living Bible. It says, it is possible to give away and become richer. Isn't that good? It's possible to give away and become richer. It's also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. And I I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. God's a win-win God. When we bless others, God blesses us. 
When we bless others, God blesses us. He, the, the person we give to, it's a win. And the person who gives, it's a win. And I hear people all the time talk about suffering for Jesus, suffering for the Lord. I hadn't found that. I found persecution for having money. Because they don't understand that I give, I can't help it. It comes back to me. I can't help it. You can't help it. You can't help it. Solomon couldn't help it. He, he had gold and silver dumps where he dumped the extra. That would just make the religious brain so angry. So angry. But when you give and you work the principles of God, persecution may come because of what you have. I'm just preparing you. That's where you're headed, right? The shortage mind won't sow seed. They won't sow seed. And fearful minds don't sow seed. They eat it or they hoard it. Either spend it up on themselves or they hoard it. And, and so, you know, God was dealing with me. Are you in fear or are you in faith? Your giving is an indicator. Your willingness to give. And God may not have you, he may not have you give anything today. You may go to Walmart and God may not say, buy that person's groceries. You might see a beggar at the off-ramp and God may not direct you to give to them. That's fine, but are you willing? Because the willing and then obedient when he tells you to, that's who eats the good of the land. And so, are you in fear or are you in faith on your finances? Because a generous heart is part of our new nature. The flesh is stingy. It is all about self. I don't know if y'all have noticed that or not, but about the age of two, they learn how to say mine. Oh, you can. Prayer for the parents. And you have to teach them. You have to teach them that if you share, it doesn't hurt you. You get it back. It's all good. In fact, that whole principle, God says... If we are kind to the poor, we are lending to the Lord and he will repay. If there's anybody you want to repay you, it's God. Because I've got a feeling he's good for it, don't you? So we have to come against that flesh nature of stinginess, of fear, of wanting for ourselves and and. And adopt, put on the new nature, which is just like our Father, who is the giver. God is a giver. He gave to us when he was promised nothing back. He sowed into me when he did not know if I would turn to him. But his heart is love, and love gives. For God so loved the world, he right and that's who we are we're like our dad money's an amplifier my dad used to say that a lot money is an amplifier it's a magnifier and it will show us what's in our hearts what how you feel about money what you do with money will show you what's in your heart it's a true test of your heart condition and this isn't a message of condemnation if you've lived a life, if, if you're currently stingy. We just have to put on the new nature. 
I mean, that's what we're doing here, right? We, we, we read the scripture and we say, God, this is your way. It's better than my way. I'm going to do what you say. I don't, I don't know what to give. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be money. I was um, sitting at the house yesterday. and Of course, it was warm outside. And I needed to get some cardio in. And I was thinking, okay, well, I'm not going outside to do this. I am going to hit the elliptical and put the fan on me. And I was, I was getting up to go into the bedroom to get on the elliptical. And the thought came to me, today's the day that a dog rescue here in the county is having a work day. My flesh said, uh-uh. Dog poop in 102 degrees. It does not sound interesting to me. And I believe that I was supposed to do it. And so I got up and put on appropriate dog scoop pooping clothing and my little ice down water and a towel to wipe the sweat and, and went and worked for two and a half hours washing dog bowls. And God told me. He said, you volunteered. And I was like, yeah, you know, yay. Pat on the back, Susie, did a good work. And he said, what's your church full of? Volunteers. He said, don't just do. So. Don't just do. So. I was like, oh, here comes my volunteers. Sound booth workers. Singers, musicians, nursery workers, preschool class workers, children's church helpers, youth group helpers, camp helpers. Anything we need. So, don't just do, so. I know, it's so simple. But he's just bringing these little things to my attention that, so, don't just do, so. You can find a place to give. God will show you the land that you need to sow in. He showed Isaac the land he needed to sow in. He can show you the land you need to sow in. It might not make any sense at all, but so be obedient. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I love this passage. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. In case you're new, the Amplified version uses more words. Puts the meaning of different words in parentheses. And so it uh, can save you some time looking it up. Every now and then I'll look it up in the Strong's Concordance to make sure that they're using the right words. We're going to start uh, 2 Corinthians 9. Let's start in verse 6. This is so, so good. He starts off with, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly and he who sows generously that blesses that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart not reluctantly are sorrowfully or under compulsion or pressure to give. That's like the beggar at the corner that's 
you know, I come to the off-ramp and there's somebody sitting there staring me down. Uh, I don't just give. I ask God if I'm supposed to give. So don't do it under pressure or, under pressure, or that might be the minister. And we've never, we, we've worked really hard not to be that. And we, and we love giving. And we love tithing. We, we, we love the principles of God. They've worked in our lives. But if you have a minister come on television and promise you uh, that God's going to give you $2,000 if you give $10, change the channel. Not sorrowfully, reluctantly, or under compulsion. For God loves, takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose whose heart is in his giving. That's you. You might need to start saying this over yourself. I... (laughs) I am a prompt to, cheerful, joyous giver. My heart is in my giving. Because he said God loves it and he's unwilling to do without it. Why? Because they're like him. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be God-like, right? And God, listen, this is what happens. And God is able to make all grace... Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances, no matter what the economy, that's Susan's version, and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. As it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad the seed, He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Let me tell you why I know that giving is spiritual. Because it's eternal. And there is scripture after scripture that talk about the righteous, about it being stored up in heaven. Right? Matthew 6. It is more than just earthly. It is a spiritual principle, and there is eternal results. It'll endure forever. And God, who provides seed for who? Oh, say I'm a sower. Because he provides seed for the sower. And if you don't have anything to give, start saying, I'm a sower. I have a generous heart. I'm a sower. And then start watching for seed. And, and I have to tell this story every time. And uh, Supernet uh, keeps up with us online. She doesn't live here anymore. But uh, she didn't have anything to give. So she would, this is back when people carried this stuff called money. It wasn't plastic. It was money. And she would go to the Walmart parking lot, the grocery parking lots, and look for change on the parking lot. And that was her seed to sow. That's a sower. So, so don't sit there and say, I don't have anything to give. If you've got time, you've got something to give. If you've got love, you've got something to give. If you, if, if you want to give, he will give seed to. And I'm a sower. 
He'll give seed to the sower and bread for eating. So he's saying, here, go sow this. And you're thinking, but how are we going to pay our bill? How are we going to, what are we going to eat? He says, no, go sow this. He gave seed to the sower and he will give bread for food. So he'll provide for you and he'll give you to sow. You, you remember the, the widow lady and the prophet came and, and she was fixing to make a little cake for herself and her son. And then Jody, they were going to starve to death. She was like, this is our last hurrah. We're going to eat this together and then we're both going to die. And so when the prophet needed provision, God didn't send him to the palace. He sent him to the widow woman who's fixing to make that last cake and die. And the prophet had the audacity to say, make me a little cake first. You know what God was doing? He was giving her an opportunity. What, he took care of him for what, a year? Seed to the sow, and she did it, by the way. And she was provided for. God provides seed for the sower, bread for eating. He'll also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. Hmm. That's a good one, isn't it, business people? But it'll work for anybody. He will provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. More. Instead of more, more for me, me, more, more to sow, sow. And in the meanwhile, you get to eat. You get to give and you get to eat. And then that increases. And then the, the ways that it comes into you, it increases. Don't miss those little opportunities when God brings uh, resources into your hands to increase. And don't eat all your seed. Definitely don't eat all your seed. Make sure that you're reciprocating it and keeping it going. Thus you will be enriched. In all things, verse 11, and in every way, so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Praise to God. Glory to God. So your giving and your receiving and your sowing and your abundance brings glory to God. That's good. That passage is amazing. Y'all are not near as excited about it as I am. Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. That's the scripture we talked about a while ago. And he will repay him for his deed. Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will lack nothing. He who gives to the poor will lack nothing. Will lack nothing. But he who hides his eyes will get curses in plenty. And look, it's not because, hey, God says, you didn't give to that person, lightning bolt. It's not because of that. It's because you're not doing things God's way. It's not that God's mad at you. It's this is the way the earth was set up to work, and you're not working the plan. Generosity 
blesses you and the person, stinginess kills you both. Oh, let's end with Luke 6.38. quiet today chips here and it's even quiet (laughs) chips a giver he likes to give y'all don't hit him up after service (laughs) gives gives where God tells him to give everybody watch and see where chip goes to lunch all right Luke 638 I know you can say this one, but look at it fresh. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know why you press down and shake it? You can get more in there. I think of a cereal box. It's like when, by the time I get the cereal box... You wonder where the cereal is. They did not press down and shake together before they sealed that sucker up. It's like half that bag is air, right? Chips, the same way. Chips. You open it, you're thinking, hey, I'm fixing to indulge right here on this big bag of chips. No. So I never buy those little snack bag of chips. That's like five chips. It is not. It is not filled up, pressed down, shaken together. But with God, it is. You get the full bag. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Well, nobody ever gives to me. I never get... How big's your cup? (laughs) Because with the measure that you use... That's how it's measured back to you. We've got to be givers. We've got to be givers because we're like our Father. And, and don't get mad when the principle works. Don't go all religious on me when the principle works. His prosperity is good. It brings Him glory and it helps people. Every single, it won't damage you. I was, uh, Vic Porter sends me stuff almost every day, and, and uh, he was actually uh, quoting Dwayne Sheriff, for those of you who know Dwayne, and he said, when you have the grace to give, you will always have the grace to forgive. I thought, man, giving is so much more. It is, such, it is so spiritual. There is so much to it attached to our heart. That God wrote so much about money in this book. Because he wants your heart. He wants it right before him. And if our hearts are right before him, he can use us. We can be vessels. We can be conduits. We can be funnels. And anywhere he needs to get anything, he's got a person there with a generous heart ready to do it. Are you all ready? I'm excited. All right, let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that it is applicable in our lives. And Father, for any issue that we have or any issue that's represented in this room, you have solution. You have the answer. And all we have to do is find it and be obedient to it. 
And when we're willing and when we're obedient, Father, we know that it produces in our lives. And Father, your way is so much better than our way. Fear, it's not fun. But Father, when we can trust in you as our provider, and when you say give this or give that, we can be free to do it because we trust you. We trust you with it. We give you the glory for, for the, these hands that were raised that have been miraculously blessed above their abilities, businesses and ideas and, and strength for their work, Father, that it be contagious among your people. To God be the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.